Yes, I know that God is by my side. Keep the faith every day. I pray the only way I could survive. Yes, no matter what you're going through, He'll never leave you. His love is eternal. Welcome to worthy people. Yeah, coming straight out the projects. It was hard growing up. Born dead as an infant. Mother addicted to drugs. Coming in and out of foster care, he was stuck in a system. After doing time in prison, gave his life to Christ, now a Christian. You feel like nobody gets you, nobody knows what you've been through. Well, Cody has been where you are, you heard me? So remember that you are worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy people, yeah. Even when it's hard, always keep your faith in God, yeah. Worthy, worthy, worthy people, yeah. Struggling and searching, remember you are worthy. Worthy people. God will never give up on you. Let's go. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Worthy People Podcast. What's up all my brothers and sisters on lock, incarcerated, in prison, in a jail all over the United States. I am so glad to be with you. Listen to the podcast on your tablets. For those that are listening, friends and family on the outside, welcome. Worthy people, our mission is to remove the labels of society by seeing and accepting all people as Jesus does. I'm excited about this episode today uh, because I've got a guest on the program that we're going to be talking about a lot of things that you can relate to. And so I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to have so get ready as we get ready to jump into this conversation thank you thank you for all of those who have reached out who have sent us letters um to peel box one two zero one six two san antonio texas seven eight two one two um that's going to be at the end of the program it's right there on there in the description on your tablet as well um so we'd love to hear from you uh testimonies praise reports prayer requests poems shoot it to me shoot it to me and uh you know not unless you tell me you don't want to you know i'll share it i'll share it on the podcast you know we all have a story and i've been through things but man to 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 hear these stories and know these stories where we see that god just shows up and shows out you know there's just no other way that we can make it except through him and so you know, you know, I was previously incarcerated from the ages of 20 to 25 for five years in Texas. I know y'all are listening from all over. Man, y'all are listening in California. Shout out to California. These are people that have written California, Florida, Oklahoma, um, Texas, of course, uh, Louisiana, um, all these states um, of people listening. Man, it just really means a lot to us. So many of you say, man, y'all wait all week for a new episode to drop. And so this new episode does not disappoint. That is for sure. Well, I'm so excited for the guests that we have on the Worthy People podcast today. This individual is uh, someone who I got to meet here uh, recently, and it's just kind of a a crazy story of how it all came together. Um, We were both 
in prison doing prison ministry, not at just any prison, but at a prison at the same prison that we both gave our life to Christ on. And we ended up meeting each other a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear uh, this brother's story, uh, where this guy's been, what God's done in his life, what he's doing now. And so without further ado, I'm uh, excited to welcome Ryan to the podcast today. What's up, Ryan? How are you doing? Man, blessed. How are you, Cody? I'm Thank good. Thank you for having me on your on your podcast, brother. Yeah, well, I'm excited that you are are here, you know, because I know the listeners that are listening today, they can relate. You know, you you've been where they've been and um and you know what, what life is like on the inside and you know what life's at like doing time and so I'm excited for everyone to get to hear your story and your your journey and um man and, and like I told the listeners is that I gave my life to Christ at the Clemens unit in 2012 uh, in Brazoria outside of Houston, Texas. <laughs> and on. and I know for you, uh, what, it was like the same year at the same unit? <laughs> yeah, so it was real close to the same year. Mine was there at the end of my time, man, where I fully was said enough is enough and really gave it all to Jesus, man. So about 2013, 14 is when I finally was like, man, I've had enough of this, so... Something got to change. Something has to change. (laughs) Amen. Well, and for those listening uh, today, man, we're going to get into uh, getting to learn a little bit about you. You know, I know everybody's got a story, but... um, you know, I love this song that's out, a Christian song right now, My Story, Your Glory. But the Bible says in Revelation um, that they overcame through through their testimony and through the blood of the Lamb. And and so uh, we're overcomers by our testimony. You know, we're not glorifying our old way of life, but we're telling you, hey, this is how life was. And maybe you're listening and you can relate and be like, yeah, I know that is. And, and you can see what you're going to hear what God's done in Ryan's life and uh, give you hope even for your life that, hey, That's God's right. not done. He's not done with you. He's still on the move. And um, and it's just about all trusting in him and his timing. But, you know, Ryan, uh, to kick things off here, uh, j- we wanted to ask you, like, what was life like growing up for you? Um, your childhood, how'd you grow up? Could you share a little bit about, about that? Absolutely. So growing up, man, I actually had a pretty good life growing up. Uh, mom and dad stayed together their whole time. They're still together. So there's no divorce or nothing. Have an older sister. I had an older brother. And then of course I was the baby. Hallelujah. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I was uh, the baby too. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, growing up, man, it was my dad worked, all the time, six days a week. So we didn't have a whole bunch, but we had everything that we needed, you know, and my mom worked at the daycare. So uh, we didn't live in the, in the nicest, fanciest. We, we just, we, we got by with, with what we had, you know? And so as far as like growing up in the hood and things like that, I cannot relate to that because I didn't grow up in the hood, but I didn't grow up in the, in the rich part of the, of, of the neighborhoods either. You know, we was just right in the middle, middle class. And so I grew up with a good father, a good mother, and of course an older brother and an older sister that was, that was good. And um, I was actually the one that ended up, my sister is a uh, counselor coach. Uh, My brother's, 
done great things in his life. So they, they never really, I was the one that went, went to the, the wrong road in life. Uh, I grew up in Pampa, Texas, a small, small little country town, man. And, uh, I was into sports and things until my about my eighth grade year. And that's when the enemy really started attacking me on my identity. We went through a lot of, uh, not feeling good enough, not feeling like I fit in with people. And so I started searching for my identity through drugs, the dope game, hustling. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. The Lord's always put that entrepreneur spirit in me since, since I was born. And, uh, I have a great worth ethic because of my dad, but it's, it's kind of funny. It was not, I wouldn't say funny, but it's kind of crazy how like the gifts that God puts into you as an entrepreneurship and that, that hustle mentality is that the enemy knows that and the enemy will take those gifts and twist it to cause destruction and to cause division and to, to really just try to tear your life up. And so I, uh, that's what happened to me is, uh, I grew up, I don't know, probably 13 years old. I started smoking weed, you know, uh, running around with the wrong people. That's another big thing is who you put yourself around is who you become. I started putting myself around people that, that really wasn't on the right path. That didn't really care about their future. It was more of, you know, the right now and hanging out and smoking and making money and things like that. And so through that, I, I, uh, was smoking weed pretty heavily. I went, uh, moved up to cocaine we started doing cocaine that's when i started selling cocaine i seen uh, i had a buddy of mine that his his sister then was some big dope dealers uh, back in pampa i seen them counting tons and tons of money and i seen my dad working six days a week and us just getting by and so that's really what uh kind of got me kick-started in, in, in the dope game. and of Would you say, out- well, uh, something I want to ask you real quick, because I know this was true for me, you know, in my childhood at a young age, and, and would you say that maybe uh, seeing that money is, is you thought, man, that could buy happiness, you know, it could buy the happiness that maybe, you know, you didn't have in, in your life or you saw growing up? Seeing that money – showed me that I could be powerful. I could be the person that I wanted to be, that I thought that I wanted to be. Um, definitely that it would buy me happiness that I could do and, and do what I wanted and be who I wanted to be. Like I said, yeah. the enemy started on me at a young age, man, probably sixth or seventh grade of, of you know, who I was hanging out with and just not really feeling that I fit in and just having a lot of insecurities about who I was, you know, and, um, that's that's one thing that man that I'm really uh, big on and that the Lord's put on my heart is to go and talk to people at, at that age of their identity and insecurities that their identities in Jesus and that they're leaders and they're not followers and so I was a follower for for a long time growing up and like I said I just had a lot of in, insecurities about who I was and that's what led me to uh, hanging around the wrong people and then I seen all that money that they were making and the cars they were driving and the the houses that they were living in and the trips to Amarillo and the new shoes and I was just like man how, I gotta mean, get is, it <laughs> yeah because I mean like let's let's be realistic dad's working six days a week bro and and he's working and he's not just like you know a little nine to five this man's working night shift he's going in on Saturdays man he's still coming and trying to do sports with us but but he was working all the time tired all the time and then these guys man they go and pull up in the driveway and make ten thousand dollars in a half an hour and then we're gone <laughs> and it's just like man what well, this yeah. is of course this is what it's going to be so then we we got into uh cocaine man real big with a bunch of my buddies man and um 
started started selling coke pretty big over there in Pampa. Uh, dropped out of school about so I went to uh, a, a boot camp when I was what I think about fourteen years old. When I got out of boot camp, man, I was already kind of behind in school, and that's when I really just started pushing to hustle man and to make money off the streets i was like man i'm wasting my time in school i can make more money uh, on a lunch break than i'm going to make you know going to school <laughs> and going to work after school and so yeah. that's that's really the the childhood that i grew up in was was running the streets and then uh from there um we went to speed methamphetamines and uh, i started man i'm telling you if anybody is hearing me you are who you put yourself around man the people mm-hmm. that you choose to be around that is who you become man i started hanging out with all the the old schools man oh geez that was into the dope the speed game and man, man just- this is like really freaking me out because i we've never like gone in there like in in our testimonies but like Man, I'm relating so much, you know, because Come I started on. with smoking weed. I started cocaine. Yeah. And then I went back to my hometown and I couldn't find coke. And my cousin got me some meth. And I started going to the dealer. Come to find out the dealer used to date my mom. And they're like all the old school, you know, yes. meth addicts. And that's how yeah. I got in. And I'm like, man, this is kind of crazy. It's kind of tripping me out because I relate to even my own my own journey and story the same way, you know, the getting in with the old schools. <laughs> yeah, and so and that's the thing is like dude, my parents poor man, if when they listen to this mom, dad, I'm sorry, I love y'all so much. Thank y'all for being my rock and never giving up on me. But man, I I like seventeen years old, man, I'm running around like I was the I was the man that everybody wanted to sell to because man, I was it was going quick. If you gave me something, if I bought, you know, a quarter pound of speed from you, I'm coming back the next day. Here's some money. It's time to re up. But like I like I said in the first, that that entrepreneur spirit that the Lord put in me, the enemy knew about that too. And so the enemy came in to use that as destruction. Mm-hmm. And 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 now knowing what I know now, it's like, man, like that was just one of the enemy's tricks. You know, he was just, uh, he seen that. And so he pushed it to, to go serve up the enemy's potion. You know, I guess that's what you call it. Man, I tell people food. math equals death, you know, yeah, it's absolutely. crazy what they put in. They, they cook, uh, methamphetamine, you know, I had some old yes. school cooks and they're the Drano, uh, you Come know, on. lie, lithium. like this, the yeah. lithium, this stuff, you know, red phosphorus, all this stuff. It's yeah. like iodine. It's like this stuff, uh, like if you consume it by itself, it'll kill you. Like you put that yeah. in your body and your brain cells. Like Man. Jesus, Jesus. And so <laughs> within that, about seventeen, bro, I was running around. Uh, like I said, I, I had a little briefcase. I used to run around, and man, I was serving everybody up in Tampa. And uh, I started. Uh, one of my buddies, he's actually in the feds right now. Man, uh, he's. He uh, told me, he said, look, man, you're too young for all this. And I was like, you know, it is what it is, bro. And he's like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, either you stop what you're doing and I'm going to help you stop what you're doing or you get in the car with me. We're going to go cook dope and you're going to end up going to prison. And uh, it's your choice. But I love you enough to tell you that if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to go to prison. He's been in and out of prison his whole life, man. Yeah. uh, he was like a big brother to me in a sense in that game. You know, he always wanted to see me do well, whether it was for bad or not. But he gave me that option. I'll never forget. And I said, let's ride. You know what I mean? And so I started cooking dope uh, at a young age, about 17 years old. And uh, 
I remember about 18 years old, my sister just got out of college, man. She, mind you, we're in a small town of Pampa, Texas. She just got a job up at the middle school. It's, there's only one middle school in this town. As the coach and counselor at 18 years old, I got raided at my house with two, uh, two of one of the top 10 most wanted in that, that area. They raided my house, man. We just got done cooking. And we got, you know, we was probably done cooking about an hour. So we got rid of a bunch of the, the, the cooking products, but they still gave us a manufacturing and delivery and uh, all this stuff, right? And they, we, they put me on the front page newspaper. And then News Channel 10, which is our news station around here, and they put us up there. And so my poor sister, man, all the kids that she was counseling and coaching is like, is that your little brother, Ryan Goldsmith? <laughs> and she's like, no. And then, you know, my mom and dad having to go to work and, you know, knowing yeah, that, that shame, boys. yeah. Hey man, that was, uh, that right there. I get, I, I, I still pray for my mom and dad's heart about the, the hell that I put them through. I remember dad just looking at me like, please stop son. Come you on, have so yeah. much more in your life. And man, I just, I was so addicted to the money, man. I, I had identity and money. I had an identity and power. I mean, I could just do it. Hey, here's a sack and here's the sack. And y'all bring me back this money. And Hey, this dude's messing with me. I need you to go to, you know, it was just that, that part of that lifestyle that just drew me in and man, it had a hold on me. And so after man, you all, can get anybody to do anything for anything, you when you got the, when you bro. got the dope. You know, I, I it, tell my wife because she she never been in trouble, but I was like, man, you could give somebody twenty twenty dollars worth, and they're going to go handle up, collect. Yep. You know, Anything. spy. You know, yeah. plan a plan a recording <laughs> yeah. device. Like you, all of it. All of it. Yeah, you just yeah, sit yeah. there, and it all comes to you. I told her it's crazy. You know, because twenty dollars may not get you much nowadays, but when, back, when, did, back bro, then, yeah. when you're in the game, you anybody do anything. Yeah, and so that's the thing, man. Uh, I lived over on Magnolia Street, man. I'll never forget Magnolia Street. That's the house I got raided in. But, bro, at nighttime, and the laws, every hour on the hour, they're just circling. They already knew, you know. Like I said, it's such a small town, man. Uh, they would try to pull me over every time they seen me in a car, man. I would run from them in the car. It was, it was, they knew of Ryan Goldsmith because of all the stupid stuff that I was doing, you know, and, um, it's nothing to be proud of, but man, through yeah. the process, man, God really gets the glory in all this because without him, man, there's no telling I would be dead, you know, yeah, honestly, for I'd sure. be dead, bro. And so through, through that, man, I got out, uh, I went to jail for like three months. They gave me a plea bargain. I did, I had to go do this inpatient rehab and then do six years probation. So, um, I bonded out of jail, man. Lord, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. So I bonded out of jail, and the part of the stipulations was on this date, you got to go down to Lubbock to CRTC, man. And if anybody in CRTC gets to hear this, I, I want to come and give my testimony to y'all to to let y'all know how real Jesus is so y'all don't have to go through all the hell. You can stop right there and, and fully surrender your life to the Lord and, and, and start walking in your purpose and in your calling. But so I did a 13, it was a 12 month deal. I ended up doing 13 months cause I was a knucklehead coming off of dope and acting foolish. And then I got out and I was like, man, I ain't doing this no more. I am done, but I didn't know Jesus. So uh, you can say what you want when the enemy got to hold of you and he got to hold of you. And really the only way you can really, get out of that trap is through Jesus, man, and the power of God. And so I did good for like, I don't know, eight months or something. And I got a job on the pipeline. My brother-in-law, he owned the pipeline business. 
And then what do you know, man? One of the old homeboys called me up. And, bro, and I was making pretty good money on that pipeline, man, working hard. Like oil like, field work. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so it was good. Like life was life was pretty good, right? And so one of the old homeboys called me up in Amarillo. Hey, I just got out of the penitentiary. Whoop, whoop. I got this dope. I kept telling him, no, bro, I'm good. I'm not going back. I'm good. And then finally clicked. I finally gave in, bro, and next thing you know, I'm serving uh, the dozer operators and all these people out on my brother's pipeline crew. I'm serving them all up, plus all the old people I used to serve up in Pampa. And uh, I'm on probation during all this, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then I then I, I went back to using it because I would sneak out. Of, I lived with my sister and brother-in-law. I would sneak out of their house, and I'd go down to the bar ditch. They lived right outside of town. I'd go down to the bar ditch, and I'd just lay in the bar ditch and Phone would start ringing all night, you know, and I just serve them up to the bar ditch because I didn't want them coming to my sister's house or knowing where my sister lived at. And so I just sit in the bar ditch till I don't know, three o'clock in the morning, uh, serving everybody up, and then I walk back down the dirt road and go into my sister's house. But then we'd be up like at four thirty-five, getting ready to go work on the pipeline. And so I started using again. And long story short, I, I got strung back out. I was on probation. Uh, my brother-in-law finally caught on, man. The dozer operator within four months was weighing 280 pounds down to 180 pounds. Everybody Ooh. was come, Yeah. Everybody's coming up to me after work on payday. And he's like, bro, what is going on? I'm like, man, they just want some cigarettes. I just give <laughs> You're like, they've been on man. slim fast. Yeah. You don't know how fast. Yeah, exactly. That's right, bro. So uh, I messed that up, you know, Hey, yeah. my brother-in-law Corey Duvall, forgive me, man. Forgive me. You've always been an inspiration to me, man. And, uh, the devil so, started taking everything away again. Yeah, that's it, bro. And so I went on the run, man. Uh, I was like, I, I, I moved to, well, so I, I moved into my own little house and I started selling dope, like, you know, uh, out of my house. And that's when the law started. They, Ryan Golson, uh, back but in, yeah, and you're still on probation. <laughs> I'm still on probation, and the laws are like Ryan Goldsmith's at it again. So they start circling that other house. They used to, it used to be over. I lived at the apartments, and they came and put a note. The lady of the owner of the apartment said, "You have three days to leave this apartment." The the sheriff showed up and said, "They know what you're doing." I was just like, what is going on? So you know, and mind you, the whole time I'm on probation, they're beating the drug test, things like that. And uh, I get this house, and uh, one morning I woke up. I was like, man, something's not right, bro. Something's not right. So I loaded all the dope up, everything, and I took off the umbrella for the day. And one of my buddies called and said, the police are in your house, man. They got your safe out on the front porch. And they tore it open, and there's nothing in there, but you probably don't want to come back here. So I left everything that I owned in that house, man. And I was down in Amarillo running around, bro. And that's when things got pretty crazy. You know, little country boy over there moving to the big city, to us, this is the big city. Now, Houston, <laughs> yeah. San Antonio, you know, that's a different story. But to us, Amarillo was the big city, which that's yeah. where I live at now. But, uh, man, I started ripping and running here and driving, sending people to Pampa and Borger and all the surrounding areas. And they was pulling over the cars they thought I was in. And, and did your I parents was, know that you were like, you oh, gone back, man. fell back in? Did they? <laughs> man, like I said, I, I just, I pray that my mom gets a, an extra dose of blessings for the the hell that I put her through. Yeah, so they knew everybody in Pampa knew what I was doing. Yeah, you, know, you couldn't you couldn't have a conversation without Ryan Goldsmith being popped up. And, man, he's riding around in a Mercury on twenty fours, and he's got a Cadillac, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. And it was it was mm-hmm. so foolish. But man, that's the goodness of God. Is like the enemy wants to distract you with all these worldly things. Man, I have everything that I ever wanted times five hundred million right now, living for the Lord. 
Yeah. You know, I'm out there hustling, bringing it. You know, we, we would make a route from Pampa to Borger to Fritch to Canadian to Perryton, and we come back with eight or nine thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't have nothing to show for it except a whole bunch of shoes, some nice clothes, and some cars. I was mm-hmm. bouncing around from hotel room to hotel room and uh so yeah, my I, wife asked me, she's like, I just, you know, because doing ministry, seeing people, you know, going in and getting out, she's like, it just don't make no sense how they can go back to this. And I said, look, you got to realize, like, you can sit and not even move and and, and make three, five thousand in a day compared to you getting out, getting a job, you know, for minimum wage. So people yeah. are drawn to that. Uh um, but hey, it don't last, you know, Look, I'd, you I'd, I'd rather start on minimum wage and work my way up. And at least I know I'm not looking over my shoulder and I'm doing something that lasts, uh, compared yes. to something that's quick. Cause so, uh, easy what come, ended up, go. uh, happening, like where all this kind of came down and you oh, find wow. yourself getting locked up. So I, uh, I go to my, my homeboy, my plug and, uh, I ended up getting some bad work from him and I went ahead and started flipping it. A bunch of people got mad at me. Dang, what stop, a- stop, 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 yeah. bro. That is exactly at the end of my road where I went and somebody sold me rock salt. Like, yeah. I had gotten all this money fronted and to go down yeah. to Oak Cliff to <laughs> Dallas, and I came uh-huh. back, and it was rock salt, and I had all these people's money because I had to go on the run, and like I left everything behind, and yeah. so I had to start over again, and that was like the that was like the end of my road. Like yeah. when I came back with all that rock salt, and I put it under the light, I was like, man, I got got and bro. And we and we gave our life to the Lord at the same place. This is freaking me out, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, sorry I'm sorry. Amen. No, you're good. I'm so, sorry. Uh, so that's kind of what happened to me, man. I had some dope put up. Uh, these people stole that dope from me, um, and so from and then I had this bad dope. So I had one plug that I had bad dope from that I owed like ten thousand dollars to. Then I went to another plug and, and got some dope on front to pay the first plug back, and then the dope that I got up front for the second plug they ended up getting robbed man i went uh to this guy and he came up to my car and him he got in the front seat and one of his partners got in the back seat and i was like man i don't know this dude he doesn't need to be behind me but i was already tripping out and i said uh, let's just get this deal done and so i pulled the dope out and i set it on the scales in the middle console and then bam i filled up the pistol on the back of my head and then he puts a pistol to my forehead they end up zip tying me for some crazy reason i mean there's nothing that I could have done anyways. There's two guns at, on my head, you know. It's I had my pistol with me and everything, but for some money and for some dope, it's like, man, it's not worth it. So long story short, I went from being the man, from carrying around pockets full of money to doing whatever I wanted to have in hitters in Pampa where – it was just like it was. It was easy to hey, here's this, here's this, man. I'm gonna I'm see y'all here tomorrow. Uh, here's you give me the money, y'all take care of this. It like being the man to owing oh, two different guys money and the people that I owed money. They wasn't. This wasn't your just. They wasn't just like your mediocre drug dealers. You know what I mean? They were the plugs, man. They that this is what they do for for the their whole lives, bro. They was known to to be some pretty bad dudes, and so. Uh, I remember driving around. I had a half a blunt. I had one marble light left, and I had a quarter tank of gas left in my uh, Murky Marquise on twenty. Jesus, <laughs> hey, you quit dad in a snap. Of, hey, down, bro. And I said, Lord, if you're real, if you're real, Lord, save me. 
I can't do this no more. Like, man, I got people after me, like really trying to kill me, bro. Like yeah. there, there, there's people really trying to kill me out all this money. Like, and I didn't even know really nothing about, it. I just knew that, you know, I've heard of the Lord and you know, things like that. And so it was crazy. And I was like, Lord, if you're real, then, then, then help me. You know what I'm saying? And so uh long story short, like three days after that, I remember picking up this, this girl and taking her to the mall. She was sick I, and I had to go exchange some clothes and uh, I took her to the mall and was getting, going to get her some medicine on the mall. I was looking around and these these two guys follow me, man, and the hair on my arm stood up, man. I was like, man, this has to, like, I know this is undercover police, man. I know it. Well, long story short, she actually set me up. They they was after me for like nine months, you know, trying Dang. to trying to bust me for like nine months. And man, I remember getting into my Mercury. I lit up this little old half blunt, man, and fired it up. And right when I put the car in drive, here comes two state troopers. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I probably had like an ounce left and some hydrocodones, little things, you know, trying to hustle to get out of that hole that I was in. Yeah. And uh, I took off from the police. They they finally got me pinned up a couple blocks away, and I threw everything out. And that's when I went to jail. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll be all right. You know, it's I can bond out the next day before probation catches me. No, sir. That's when they uh, denied all my bonds, put me down in there, and there was no getting out. And it's crazy. Hey, and it's <laughs> Motion crazy. Motion to revoke. Yeah, hey, it, it's crazy because like three or four days before all that happened, I'm telling the Lord, if you're real, help me. And man. That's how the Lord really showed himself to me. And and mind you, I didn't fully get this until I gave my life to the Lord and I started talking about my testimony to people. And I started looking back, I'm like, man, Lord, you did show me how real because them police finally got me. And then there's no, I've denied bonds. I could not get out. It was you saving my life, man. Them two dudes, they was trying to kill me, bro. I owed them that much money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you let it happen for me to go to jail and, and not be able to get out. And then, you know, they was trying to give me a 20 year sentence and I, I hired an attorney and the, the lady that was with me when we got, when we got pulled over, she was already on dope cases and, Long story short, man, I had two sixes ranked concurrent, one out of Potter, one out of Gray County, and uh, I stayed nine months in Potter County and caught chain, and I went to prison. So, so you roll yeah. up, the, you roll up to prison, and I mean, what's going through your mind in there? I mean, <laughs> were you, did did you find yourself kind of getting sucked into the politics of prison, Come or on. were? Yeah. Early on, you were like, I'm in my Bible. I'm getting right with the Lord. I mean, no, nah, bro. So, uh, I, I was a knucklehead. I was young, but I think I was in the 20, my 20s, bro. I was a knucklehead. And, um, I felt like I, and once again, the enemy after my identity, man, the enemy is a lie on identity, man. In Jesus' name, man. That's why we're that worthy down. people. We're yeah. like, when your life, when you feel like it has no worth, it's easy to throw it away. But when you, yeah. you feel like you, you know your worth, that, hey, man, uh, God came as a person and died for me. That means I'm worth something. My Come life on. means something. Like, then we can stop throwing it away, you know? Yeah. Um, so, man, identity, that's what this podcast is all about. So I love that. Come on, man. As, hey, the Lord lined that up. So I go to I go to prison, man, and I'm like, man, I don't even know who to ride with. And I don't know what's going on. My homeboy's like, don't get down with no families, man, if you're going to going to ride with anybody you get your little old check and you just you stay kind of by yourself and so that's what i did and i was like i said i was just a knucklehead bro i was like what's the next hustle in here 
what's the next move in here you know where can i where can i get money to not have to go to the chow hall you know what i'm saying it, it were gonna be so where right, where's buddy. where's family and mom and dad were they you oh, know man. there or were they just like get your life right son well no so mom and dad man my mom cried and cried and cried and dad man he was it broke him you know um, so they sent me to the rudd unit, a little transfer facility and i caught chain and went down to the uh, clemens unit and so we live in the top of texas clemens unit is at the very bottom of texas it's what eight hours you said no uh, like no. 11 oh 11, 11 hours yeah hours yeah I told my mom and dad, I was like, look, y'all don't need, there's no reason for y'all to drive. What are y'all going to drive up here? If what's this, like an extended visit might be two hours or four hours. What are we going to do? Look at each other for four hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason for y'all to drive 11 hours. Dad's working all the time. You know, mom's working. Man, that's almost 22. Uh, that's like 23 hours round trip. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I told them, man, there's no reason for y'all to come. So we did all the whole phone talking back and forth on the phone and, uh, it broke him. It broke my mom and it broke my dad. My dad was scared to death of me getting out of the penitentiary. But, you know, I'm a mama's boy. Mom, My mom's like, oh, he's going to do so good, and this is my baby. <laughs> you Thank know? God for mamas. Yes, amen, bro. And so uh, I I went through. I was on the trustee camp, man. We started uh, messing with that tobacco, man, and uh, they actually busted a bunch of our tobacco out in the hay farm and pulled us all in and stripped us down. And Nobody nobody told on nobody, and uh, they gave me a major case for a paper clip. Oh, uh, yeah, they found a something. <laughs> yeah, a paper clip and an open razor blade on the end of my razor, my cutting knife for, you know, my pickles and vegetables and things like Ooh, that. Oh, get your spread they, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they gave me two major cases and dropped my line class and put me in the tanks down there. And, uh, I was in the tanks, bro, and that's when I was like, you know what, man, what am I doing? Uh, I started seeing one of my kids grow up. I, I didn't know about my other son until I got out of prison, man, and was working, and I got a phone call, and they're like, hey, this is your son. I was like, oh, my goodness. But that's a, that's another story. So uh, I, I've seen my son Zayden growing up through pictures, man, of birthdays, and I was like, man, what am I doing, man? I'm riding around with all these dudes in here uh, for what? Like what? Are, like what are these people? I like when I get home, I'm not even gonna know none of these people. Like I'm yeah. doing all this. You to, came in by yourself. You leave by I'm yourself. I'm leaving yeah. by myself. And, and what they what they stand on is like what they stand on is completely different from my morals and my values and who I am as a man. You know. And so, I uh, I finally was like, man, enough is enough, man. And I gave my life to the fully gave my life no no wavering to the Lord at the Clemens unit in the in the building. Not on. The so we were camp. both. In the Clemens unit, in the building, in the year 2012, we gave her similar stories, like similar stories and gave yep. our life to Christ. Like God showed up, man. He showed up in 2012. Like, man, I got Cody and Ryan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I got these two knuckleheads right here and, yeah. and I love them so much. I got so much more, be so much better in store for them. And we didn't even know. Man, it's crazy. Kind of give me goosebumps just thinking about, you know, how God worked in, in that situation situation and we were there at the same time but yes. fast forward 10 years later we're back in clemens unit but it's in free world clothes and yes, see each amen. other like you can't make this up you like, can't bro oh, man, so man. that's that's when i really gave my life to the lord was down there on clemens unit i had enough bro Would you, if, if we're gonna be honest man i'm a country boy these city boys, man, from the fifth ward, and you know, I mean, there's some real gangsters in there doing doing a lot of time, a lot of aggravated time, you know. And 
it was just like, uh, man, what am I doing here? You understand? I'm sitting here doing things for people. Like I'm stealing chicken patties from the chow hall to go sell them for some stamps, so I could get a shot of Kool Aid and a shot of coffee. Shoot like, it! Man, what What am I doing? You know? Or I'm going and standing in the comms. I've been waiting five days to go to the commissary line, and then I stand in the commissary line with this little laundry bag, and I'm like, God, what am I doing? There's like, got to be more not, to life than this. Hey, this is not what you had in, in store for me, bro. And my mom sending me $50 a month. When I was on the trustee camp, I was living good. I didn't eat at the chow hall. You know, we were hustling. Everybody, we were making dinner every night at the house instead of going to the chow hall. And I was like, once I finally got to the building, I started seeing things. I was like, man, I, I've had enough. You know what I mean? Uh, I need to get up out of here, man. And I just started really getting in this word, man. The word is a living word, man. It fills you up, bro. You can actually eat on it. It'll actually change you from the inside out. And man. so, bro, that's uh, that's really what happened. And I, anything church, man, I, 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 I never went to the faith-based dorm or anything like that. But anything that had to do with church, man, I just wanted to be a part of it, man. And that's where I really built my foundation of my walk with Jesus was right there at the end of my time. Probably about a nine months or so when I before I got home. Man. And so you sure. were following Christ, you know, almost a year. And of course, uh, from behind the prison, you surrendered your life to Jesus and then you end up getting out. Now we're, you know, fast forward 10 years now. Like, so what's life like uh, since you've been home now? Man, come on. So uh, I, I'm going to have to be real and raw with anybody that's listening to this. Um, come on. The life, the <laughs> life with walking with Jesus has not just been this like walking through a field of roses or nothing man it's had its ups and downs but i've never i've never fell back into the old lifestyle the lord had his hand on me and and has been faithful and gracious and merciful to me since i've been home man i started as a i wanted to be the big dog i was the big dog in the dope game i'm going to be the big dog at whatever job that i go to because i got jesus you know and so man i went through the whole corporate ladder deal i taught myself how to weld i made it to the top i was a welding boss i went over i was a quality inspector and it was all i used to be a welder's helper i used to have to get those little sticks and bang up bang them and let all that stuff fall off and then hand it to the the welding Uh rods (laughs) yes amen so i did all that man and uh, I was like, bro, this isn't it. This is not it, man. This is like I, I'm, I'm, I'm clocking in with my fingerprints, and these people are telling me what time I have that I got to be there and how much I can leave for lunch. And man, it just—I don't know—it was just not for me. And mind you, dude, my dad was—he was, was kind of worried about uh, baby boy getting out of prison. He didn't know if he could go through all this again, you know. And so, yeah, I did this for like four years getting out for yeah let's see four five six seven eight yeah so about four years I, I worked the corporate ladder made it to the big dogs man and it was just horrible i was like man this is trash man I, i'm not doing this anymore so i quit my job full-time job making very good money full insurance on all my kids all that and uh i quit in the middle of winter so we got pretty bad winters over here and i started a landscaping business gordon and i but the reason I did nobody that needing that, their grass mode in no, the winter, no, <laughs> nothing, bro. And so I was with. So mind you, uh, when I got out of prison, I wrote down on my little Bible, you know, what I needed to do. And and if anybody's listening behind the walls, man, this is what you need to do. Here is the the success plan for you not to go back to prison. Get connected to a church. 
Put yourself around people in the church world that make you uncomfortable because that's normal. Now it's normal to me. When I first got out, man, I I went to this church called the Lighthouse Church. I've been with this pastor ever since, Pastor Robert Burton. He's a pastor of Yes, Lord, now. But that that Sunday I got out and I went to church, man, that man has been uh, on my speed dial list on my phone since then. So nine years strong, man. I talk to him almost every single day, man. He's mentored me. He's pulled me down, uh, pulled me out of some of the darkest times out here that I've had, man. He's always had my back. He's always spoke life over me. So, uh, I just remember getting it out. He's like, man, come over to the house, man. We're having some people over for dinner. I go over there and it's all these church folks, man. And I, it took everything for me just to sit down on the couch because I felt weird. You felt weird. Yeah. You felt out of, I'm out of place. Bro, I'm like, man, this ain't right. But now looking back, and I was just telling him, we just got back from a men's summit from Gateway Church in Dallas. And I was telling him, I was like, bro, it's crazy. Uh I remember going to your house and feeling so uncomfortable. And now it's like, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's comfortable. Like this is normal. But man, that's, that's the enemy wants to try to make, uh, Dope dealing, robbing, killing, stealing money, women, drugs, all that. He wants to try to make that normal in your life. And and God's so much better. And like living your purpose and your God calling on your life. And and the Bible says, uh, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. good. Like it's good. It tastes good. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and everything will be given to you. It's like, man, when you really, really start seeking the Lord. Like I said, I've had my ups and downs, man. Life has hit me right in the teeth, man. Since I've been home, it's been tough, but it's been so good because I have the Lord. The Lord will pick you up and he'll dust you off and he'll say, stand up, young man. Stand up, son. Stand up. Keep walking this thing out. The promises I give you, they're not easy. You're going to have to work for them. But I am your strength. I am the one that provides for you. Stay connected to me, man. If, If you just stay connected to the Lord, bro, it, it, it's it, it'll change everything. And so uh, after I quit that job, I started this landscaping business. Um, I went, I was at a, 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 this conference called Zion here in Amarillo, Texas, man. And the Lord put it on my heart. You're going to start a kingdom funding business. And I remember standing up, my pastor Robert can testify to this. He's like, I remember when you said it, that you're going to start a kingdom funding landscaping business. And we was like in the middle of winter time. Hallelujah. And so, man, that's when you're I like started. Isaac, you sowed in a famine. <laughs> Let's go, amen. Yeah, and so I started making these little old cheesy flyers on the on my computer, man, and cutting them with scissors. And man, we I put some headphones on, and I just went started knocking on the door. But in Psalms one, it says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night." It's like, man, if you can fully just meditate on God, and, and I've learned this through the time that I've been out. What the hard times is when I wasn't fully getting in the word, when I wasn't focused on the Lord, when I wanted to listen to a little bit of secular music because it's just, it's all right. It's not no big deal. But man, the content that comes in is the content that comes out. Right here it says who you put yourself around, it's who you become. And it says that person is like a tree planted by the stream of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do, prosperous man and i've stood on that it's like but i'm staying i'm staying like planted in jesus now and like i said every time um the storms of life come and i wasn't planted in jesus man the enemy was trying to get me dog he was really trying to work on me and 
now it's like, man, I know that the storms in life are here, like the the rain in them storms. It's it's to help you grow. You know, That's it's not James to knock you down. chapter one verse two says, "Count it all joy when you go through trials. It's it's meant to grow you. It's meant to work on your endurance to to uh, bring you closer to God to grow you." You know, and that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, like I said, man, I I used to use this little deal. It's like, okay, if you're walking down the street with four guys and all four of them guys, you're the fifth one, all four of them guys, you got a bag of dope, a pocket of cash and a pistol on, on them. And you're walking down the road every single day. I don't care what you say. Eventually, you're going to have a bag of money, a bag of dope, and a, and a pistol on. Now, if you're walking down the road with four guys and you're the fifth one and all of them's carrying a Bible, I don't care what you say. Eventually, you're going to be carrying a Bible. It's the way that this works. Who you put yourself around is who you become, man. It's important that you choose who you put yourself around around wisely like what do you want out of life do you want a successful marriage then find somebody that is christian godly man that has had a successful marriage and and link up to them and be vulnerable with them and grab a hold of them and don't let go do you want to be a business owner then find a godly christian business owner that run, that has ran a successful business for a long time and link up with them and grab a hold of them because that's how you start growing in the things and the callings of the Lord. So, man, that's really how uh, we started this landscaping business, man. Last year we had 12, 13 guys. We were, we were all over the place, man. God's been faithful in my business. Um, we definitely are a kingdom funding business. And now this year, um, how I met you is the Lord's really been putting on my heart, man, about prison ministry and, and, and not only just prison ministry, but going after the, the people that the enemy's trying to steal their identity from, uh, through depression, through drugs, through heartache, through, um, whatever they may go through, you know, from the age of 13 till, till however old is like the Lord's put it on my heart, like to go and give them Jesus, go give them my testimony to, to let them know like, hey, the enemy's got you right now. And this is the road that you're going down. If you will just stop and fully hear me out and let me tell you what God has done in my life, you won't have to go down the hell that I've been through. You won't have to go through the heartache and the, and the hard times and being away from your family for Christmas and not being there for your kid's first birthday. And, and then still to this day, still dealing with consequences from my my decisions from 15 years ago i'm still dealing with the same things and like that's been my hardest to just go and and speak life to people and and like brian t says give them heaven man and so that's really what that's kind of what i'm on right now is like man we're just out here to give them heaven wherever we go we give them heaven this business anybody that comes in this business as an employee we're going to give them jesus they're going to know Jesus, whether by the time they start to the time they quit or, or however long, they're going to know Jesus. They're going to hear about Jesus every single day at this business. And so that's what we're on, man, is give them Jesus, give them heaven. So, amen. Man. Come well, on. Ryan, I'm, I'm so glad. It's just so powerful, you know, just to hear the way that God's worked in your life and how you're, you're, you're doing that even now on this podcast, you know reaching all over the United States and men and women are listening and, and you said, you know, you want to speak to the one that's uh, maybe going through depression. Maybe they don't see how they're going to make it. And, you know, the last thing I was going to ask you um, to leave with the listeners is this, is that um, 
what encouragement would you give to the person? Like, you know, imagine that, you know, you're still sitting in there and you had no idea what the future held. And and um, there were times you felt like giving up and there's times that you were faced depression or anxiety on the inside. But we know that there's people listening. They're like that. And they finding hope through your story and seeing how God's worked in your life. And, you know, what encouragement would you give them on, you know, keeping moving on and keeping the faith? Um, so some encouraging words, man. If, if you're, if you're happy with what you've got going on right now, don't change nothing. Keep it up. If you're tired of yourself, if you're, if you're at the end of your ropes, if you don't know what to do, if you're in the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, if you've never tried this thing that they call Jesus Christ, I encourage you to jump into Jesus Christ with everything that you have and watch how real he is and how tangible he is and what he can really do for you in your life. When you feel like you have no hope, Jesus, when you feel like uh, that, that, that nobody cares about you, Jesus, when you feel that the only thing that you are is an addict and, and that that's all you'll ever be, Jesus, it, the answer to your, to everything is Jesus. If you will fully push into Jesus. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you want to make a change, you have to do something that you've never done. And so I encourage you, if you've never jumped in your word, if you've never fully pressed into the Lord, I encourage you to press in the Lord and, and, and build a relationship with him. It says it's, there's this whole saying, it's like, you don't get cleaned up to go and take a shower. It's the same thing with the Lord. You don't have to get cleaned up to to go build a relationship with the Lord. The Lord will meet you right where you're at, and then He'll be the shower. He'll clean you up. So I just encourage anybody to if you're if you're feeling at the bottom of the bottom, if you feel that that life's just knocked you down, man, press into the Lord. Get into Your Word. Put yourself around godly people. You are you 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 are who you put yourself around. Um, what comes in you is what comes out of you. What you're listening to is what's going to come out of you. What you're watching is what's going to come out of you. So really pay attention to the things that you're listening to, the music you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're reading, because that is that's that's what's coming in is what's coming out. So that's what I encourage y'all with, man. Man. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being a part of the Worthy People podcast. I, I, man, I love your story for those listening on the outside and listening on the inside today. I mean, you see what God's done in Ryan's life. There's hope. Uh, prison is not the end. Your choices are not the end. Um, God's not done with you. And so I'm just so glad that you came on as a guest today. And uh, I can't wait to go back into the prison, go into the prison that we gave our life to Christ to um, and, and give that same hope that we found, uh, you know, uh, like my brother Brian T says, coming soon to a prison near you. Um, and <laughs> so, go. you know, we hope to get to be able to see you. And uh, those who are listening, uh, we would love for you to reach out to contact us you know our address is uh at the end of the program um it's right there on your tablet you can write our p.o box um if ryan's story has impacted you um let us know you know um and and we'll be sure to be able to share that with him anything as far as if you want to write um from hearing about ryan and his story and um so 
Ryan's also working on a kingdom uh, business uh, entrepreneur type of podcast. So um, maybe coming soon near you um, that you always get to be able to keep in touch with with Ryan. You know, we're about building the kingdom and I've run into ministries and stuff. They 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 just want to build their own thing. And they you know us, we we want to get connected with other ministries. I I, Mm want to do anything, Ryan, I can help you or get you on these tablets and stuff because it's not. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom. It's not about whatever ministry we're That's affiliated it. with. That's how That's it is it. in the street, the affiliation yeah. and all that. But <laughs> right. you come here, yeah, we no. represent Jesus. It doesn't matter. Yep. You know, it's all about the kingdom. And so well, I look forward to this doing kingdom business with you, brother. Yes, sir. And uh, yes, sir. just staying in touch with you, hearing everything that God uh, continues to do yeah. in your life. So thank you so much for being on hey, here, Cody. taking time. And uh, yeah. Can- can I make? Can I just one more thing? Can I just yeah. pray over everybody that's listening to? Yeah, you? let's you pray can close for sure. This out, man. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, Father God. We thank you for divine, strategic, godly relationships, Lord. That you put this relationship together. No man could have put me and Cody together at the, at the unit that we both found you in ten years ago, Father God. So, Lord, as as you were speaking through us that we were just open vessels for you father god that anybody that is is broke down right now anybody that is in bondages anybody that feels hopeless father god i pray right now in the name of jesus that you fill them up father god that you that you go after them lord and you break them down father god that that their hearts whoever's listening to this has a, a heart that's ready to receive your love your grace and your mercy father god and father god i just pray that that everything that you've done in my life father god that you just do it to anybody that's listening that that has a yes for you father god that yes. you just overtake them with your love lord and just show them how powerful you are and and how good of a father you truly are and and that you are the way father god and i just thank you for it and uh, we ask all this in, in jesus christ's name amen Amen. Amen. Well, Hallelujah. man, uh, like I said, thank you for, for being on here today. We're going to let you get back to mowing those yards. Let's go, man. <laughs> you got to go Hallelujah. mow them yards. Get out there yeah. in that heat. Go, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go check on them guys, man. Make sure. Let me find out right. you got that heat restriction sitting off in the office. <laughs> no, God, no, man. man. I got some good guys that are really I got a direct there, sunlight restriction. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. Man. Oh, man uh, with some good guys. Guys, so amen to that, bro. Man, 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 it's yeah. so good having you on the program. Those that are listening, we'd love to hear from you. Um, thank you for being a part of ne- the, the podcast this week. We love you, God bless you, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Amen. If you're listening from a prison or jail, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to share your story or how this podcast has impacted you. Please write us at P.O. Box 120162, San Antonio, Texas, 78212. Tell your friends and family to listen on all podcast platforms. Our mission is to remove the labels of society by seeing and accepting all people as Jesus does. For more information about us or to donate to our ministry, you can visit www.worthypeople.church. Until next time, we pray you continue to grow and change for the better. And don't forget to tell someone else to check out Worthy People Podcast. In this life, we all get bumps and bruises. In this life, we all make mistakes. But I'm not focused on yesterday. There's no 
us all.